welcome to the Clappers. This is Andrew Young. And this is Carl Not-So-Young Quinn. On this episode of the Clappers, we're talking Brock, Brabham, McLaren. We're talking Melbourne International Film Festival. His Girl Friday. We're talking quiz. And we're talking. Carl. Andrew. You know Ford versus Ferrari? Yep. Well, there's a documentary that is beautifully made that I just saw called McLaren about Bruce McLaren, whose name is still revered and and is the eponymous name of a motor car company that makes very expensive road cars and Formula One cars. You would have heard the name McLaren. I believe I have. He's from New Zealand, you know. Oh, really? And he was his dad... Uh, was a mechanic and raced cars, and he ra- he was very, very, very young when he won his first world championship, and he won a little um, prize previously to go and work with Cooper, which Jack Brabham, the great Australian racing driver, was the uh, main driver of, and it's full of great footage from New Zealand, uh, from uh, you know amateur country race meets in New Zealand in the 50s and 60s and the motor racing world in the 60s. So if you love that type of footage, it's great. If you want to know more about some of the characters in Ford versus Ferrari, it's great. It's not uh, hagiography and it's not self-serving at all. When he went there, he was 20, 21, and he'd make little spooled reel-to-reel tapes to send back to his folks. And you, they play them over the top of this footage. It's just delightful. Did you go travelling in your 20s overseas? I did. did you send did. cassettes home to your parents? Yeah, yeah. And or to m- friends or yeah, whatever? Yeah, and, and I, I wrote a lot of letters, but there were cassettes. Mm. And I also got my dad to tape This Sporting Life for me mm. um, off the radio. And uh, I also tried to get him to tape some John Laws off the radio because... <laughs> And he wouldn't really? do it. He, he wouldn't so, to do prolong, it. <laughs> to prolong the period, you'd stay away. Well, I was. I just wanted to play it to people I knew over there because they wouldn't believe it. John oh, Lawrence. that's so funny. <laughs> there was a column in M Magazine in the Sunday Age by Alan Atwood about post-restant. Did you read that by any chance? No. Ah, it was. It was just this lovely little kind of warm wind from the past there was it just brought that whole thing back a bit bit like after i've had a curry for dinner i've never heard that expression before it was was a a warm wind a mistral a mistral blowing across the tramontina across my nostrils the landscape of my ravaged memory. And it, it just brought back that whole thing of like, you know, you turn up in a town, you go to the post office and you, you'd go, is, is there anything for me? And inevitably no. the answer will be no. 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 <laughs> Unless it was a bill. <laughs> so from the other side of the world chasing um, you around. No, I, I remember post yeah. know, And I remember writing letters. I, I, I wrote a lot of letters. And yeah. Received, you know, it was a good system. You write a letter to someone. They write, people might not understand this, but uh, just like it's bizarre that some people will answer your emails, whereas others won't, people would answer your letters and, and send them back. I'm mm. still waiting to hear from my federal MP uh, from a letter that I wrote a couple of months ago now. And I thought she's from back in your 20s. She's quite happy to send me junk mail to tell me what a great job she's doing, but yeah. she uh, won't answer my damn email. That's for sure mm. uh, anyway just let's wrap up the bruce mclaren it is it ends the way just about every documentary about a motor racing 
legend, hero. His car uh, explodes and he dies. Yeah, more or less. Oh, sorry, uh, sorry to spoil it, everybody. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure that this was like in the on time honored tradition of, of motion picture storytelling. It was, I'm just going to go for one one more round. Well, we're going to test this. I'm going to come in for lunch, you know, just like Mike yeah. Hawthorne yeah. and all the others. Uh, it's it's te- it's just terrible. It really is is a shocking um, attrition rate for racing car drivers in those days. But it's uh, it's fascinating, and and he's he seems just like the nicest man. It's on one of the streamers. I don't remember. Doesn't matter. Well, you can look it up. Can I can I just uh, mm. give you some homework? No. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to give you some homework, and and if your dog eats it, I, I'll know that's no a dog. lie. I'll I know it's no a lie. Yeah. So anyway, uh, there are two other docos yep. in the space of motorsport champions, yes. legends. Say yes, yes. Creef Stenders, best known for Red Dog. Oh yeah, yeah. has made a documentary about. Peter I know Brock. about this. I can't wait. I haven't oh, seen it. Right. Um, but you can stream it. Right. Yes. It, it, I mean, it went to cinemas, but then because of the COVID thing, mm, very quickly. Mm. Screeched into uh, yep. into the. I think um, it's seventeen dollars ninety nine. Is it? Well, Telstra this is movies, this is I the think. era in which we live now, which is um, what they call PVOD, premium video on demand. It is it is an emerging um, iteration of the whole streaming space, um, and it means you're basically getting it very close to the moment in which it would have been in the cinema or was in the cinema or is in the cinema sometimes at the very same time. Disney this week announced that they're putting Mulan, which is a very, very big budget, very big high-profile remake of the animated film. It's a live-action remake directed by Nikki Caro, who did Whale Rider, the uh, Kiwi director. Um, they're putting it onto Disney+, Plus, onto their streaming platform. And, mm-hmm. But even if you have a subscription, you're going to have to pay, and this is American dollars, Twenty nine ninety nine. No, thank to watch you. It. Well, no, thank you, no, some people you, no, will you, no, if you're no, in a household no, with three kids no, or whatever, or, or you can get ten of them to come over to watch it. You're not allowed you, to get ten of them. Not to come Melbourne, over. you're not. But you know, oh, in yeah. some parts of the world, oh, yeah. you might. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's because of the kind of the collapse of cinema distribution at this moment. Um, this is the sort of thing that is increasingly emerging. So you know, we'll see. Anyway, Brock, yeah. you could stream it right now, and in. I think a week, maybe, maybe two weeks, Brabham, <gasps> you will be able to stream on Stan. So, Brabham. Th- there you go. I'm Man. giving you I'm giving you some homework. Don't oh. come to me with your My Dog Ate It nonsense. Now, listen, one thing about Peter Brock that n- people may or may not know. Crystals. He was yeah, a <laughs> negative energy polarizer. <laughs> People know about that. Uh, even anyway, um, he was driving a Shelby Day- Camtail Daytona when that he wrapped around a tree. I think when right. he died. Which people know that Peter Brock is dead. So I'm not Shelby, spoiling anything. As in from Ford versus. As in Ferrari. Carol Shelby. Yeah. Do you know the name of the man who designed that car? The youngest, uh, very young designer for Shelby was also started out as a welder and drove himself. Do you want to know what his name is? Bert? Pete Brock. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. Peter Brock. If you type in Peter Brock on a search engine that goes to the world rather than to Australia, you will get the profile of the driver designer he's done an amazing well, i think light aircraft as well he's a he's still alive very interesting man so you're saying he. that peter brock mm-hmm. designed the car mm-hmm. that peter brock was driving mm-hmm. when peter brock died mm. Whoa. 
Wow. It almost makes yep. you believe in crystals. It does. Or magnets. Or magnets. <laughs> Actually, I do believe in magnets. Uh, Don't believe in crystals. I believe magnets exist. Look, I believe crystals <laughs> exist as well, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, that'll be really interesting. It will be a real mix of hero worship and, sadly, the truth is, this is the kind of guy he was. Yeah. be interesting mix, that show. Put these words in the order they occur in the title of the Agatha Christie thriller. Nile on death the doesn't look too tricky, does it? But let's see. Uh, let's check the right order first and foremost. And the right order, fairly obviously, is death on the Nile. Right now, we've got eight left. How many got it right? All these were correct. <laughs> Most of them, nearly all of them. Uh, who was fastest? Charles Ingram in 3.97. Three That's so fast. <laughs> well done, Charles. What about a million pounds? <laughs> Is the Pope oh, Catholic? <laughs> Have you seen the show quiz? This um, is a three-part The BBC. show quiz? Yeah, it's a three-part oh, BBC series. No, no, no. I heard about it. It's got Matthew McFadden in it, has It's got Matthew McFadden in it. Yeah, I heard about and, it. And, I, and I remember Clifford, it. So Sean it Clifford, who played yeah. the sister in Fleabag, right? Mm. Um, and... It's and Mark Bonner, who who is the uh, he's great, a uh, Scotsman, isn't he? Scotsman, who is well, I, I know him most from Catastrophe. Yeah, me too. And with his vape, yeah, <laughs> he's hilarious. He's I hilarious. love seeing that guy. He's he hilarious. looks amazing, and he's hilarious. And he's got a great voice. Mm. And in this, though, he's he plays a, a straight role, like a very well. I guess he sort of plays a straight role in Catastrophe, except he's hilarious in it. Um, he is the guy who basically comes up with the idea of this this quiz show which becomes who wants to be a millionaire mm. right and good for him good for him i'm sure he is and uh it's it's set in the early days of the show in the uk and there's a million pound prize up for grabs and the there's sort of like this almost cultish kind of um you know nerdy types sort of form a network where they try to game the game show, right? They try to work out mm. how to get on and, uh, you know, how to... Because uh, that's the hardest thing is to actually get a seat in the room. Okay, yeah. Um, and so there's sort of like a phone line that <laughs> that sort of like pretends to be from a domestic phone line, but it actually there's like a dozen people there trying to sort of come up with the answers to the question as quickly as possible. So that, Oh, like you call a friend, you mean? Yeah. That, that no, no, no. Of, this is this oh. is basically the, to get on, like to, oh, okay. to even get into the room, right? So that okay, they yeah. start off with a circle of whatever it is, 12 or 14 people who who are your, your potential contestants, and then one of them has, has to answer that. Anyway, this is all... This this is based on a, a real-life story, a scandal in which um, this guy, Charles Ingram, who was a, a British Army major, and uh, his wife were accused of cheating. He mm. went on, as a, he got on there as a contestant. He wasn't even particularly interested in trivia or game shows. His wife was obsessed and her brother was obsessed and, you know, they knew people who were obsessed. He wasn't, but he ended but up in the chair and he Patsy. ended up winning a million Patsy. pounds. Well, it, he was so... 
inept in the way he responded. <laughs> I mean, as, as the show, Matthew McFadden is great at being oh, he's inept so good in at that doing other inept. show that you like. He's so good at doing inept. Succession is the other show I like. Yeah. He is also fantastic in a in a small but really powerful role in Kitty Green's film The Assistant, which is the sort of pseudo Harvey Weinstein thing. The HR manager who is just totally undermines Julia Garner's character who tries to report what she thinks is a a case of sexual harassment. And he just shreds her by Mm. by tearing apart her sense of this is what happened. He's like, and so how are we going to prove this? Did did you actually see anything to anybody? And and it's like, on the one hand, it's legitimate. On the other hand, it's just horrible. Anyway, that's a a terrific film. If you get to see that, The Assistant, Mm -hmm. it's very, very good. But back to quiz, he in this he seems just like a like a sweet guy, you know, and he gets swept up in this thing. And by the end of it, I mean, the world assumed they had gamed it that they had they had completely cheated their way to a million pounds in prize money. This is a very, I think, sympathetic but very plausible telling of of the story, which really makes you go, no, I don't think that's what happened. But, really? Yeah. So it creates a sense of doubt that it, wasn't there in real life. That's right. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. And there's still, that's the power of fiction, isn't and it? And the Ingrams are still fighting to clear their names. So yes. as far as history... Was there a court case? I think there yes, was a there court was. case. Yes, there was. And as far as history yeah. is concerned, they cheated. So Well, legally, they were found guilty that's of right. cheating. Yeah, well, yeah. as far as everybody's concerned... I mean, that's what happens with... When you go to court and you get found guilty, then you are guilty in the eyes of the law, right? Yep. But obviously, there are times when people are found guilty of a crime that they turned out not to have committed. Indeed. Yep. I, I saw that. I mean, I didn't see it, but I saw that was... Uh, I read an article about it or, or may have seen a short for it or something like that. And, you know, I remember it at the time and I thought, wow, that's interesting. Coughs. That they do signal each other with coughs or something, don't they? We've tried that. It hasn't worked. <clears throat> that's the uh, trigger to say, let's move on to another topic now. Oh, good. That's a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> what a great idea to move. You'll oh, find that on Foxtel thing. anyway. Quiz, it's mm. on Foxtel. It's really worth checking out, I reckon. It's a three-part series. Which means it could be on Binge if it's a three-part series. Have you, have Not you yet. signed up for your 28-day free subscription? Oh, or my friend, I have a nine-month free subscription. <laughs> and my one month that disappeared that Telstra were very snooty about reinstating, <laughs> it seems to have reappeared again, my one month free Foxtel. How did you get a nine-month free subscription? I don't, I don't know. I didn't ask for it. It just, maybe they, like, like I've said before, this is a... Um, listen to widely the clappers uh, across the media landscape. So maybe they enjoy my repartee and think we got to give this guy a bit more because I, he's going to talk reckon, about our stuff. I reckon what's happened is Brian mm. Walsh at, at Foxtel has heard mm. this and he's gone, oh, hang on, hang on, better look after Andrew Young. <laughs> As so many do. So, be they restaurateur, airline pilot, they all end up with the same idea. We better look after Andrew Young, you know. Mikato, I'm going to look after Andrew Young. (laughs) I'm not implying anything, Mikato. I watched a film. Yeah. It's a film I've seen many, many times. Since probably when I was a little kid, I might have seen it the first time. You know, when I was a kid, they used to show old movies on television from the old black and white days, the 30s and 40s. It's called His Girl Friday, bizarrely. Love that film. It's a strange name. 
Defoe's book, Robinson Crusoe. Robinson Crusoe has a slave called Man Friday, and the phrase Girl Friday is a woman who does your bidding in the office, and there is no character in this film who does that. Mm. It's a film that you love. It's a film that I love. I'm just howling with laughter again, and I know everything that's going to happen. I probably know half the, the script, you know, off by heart, and it's just so funny and wonderful and fast like people think the west wing is fast right watch this his girl friday if you want to hear how fast fast can be it's got some famous people in it Cary grant rosin russell ralph bellamy it has a, a script by ben hex and charlie MacArthur from their play the front page it was remade, I think, as the front page with Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon. People thought they were a great pairing after the odd couple. And that, that one's funny too. But this one just kills you right off the bat. Hildy is the name of Rosalind Russell's character. She turns up at the newspaper office to tell her ex-husband that she's getting married the next day. And he tries to throw a spanner in the works with that because he still loves that. And he also wants to get her back writing for the paper, something she refuses to do. He's a great con man and he's hilarious. And I don't know what to say about it to convince you to watch it other than it's hilarious, it's fast and it's great. And where did you stumble upon this? I, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Everything we're is here a blur. to help you, listener. We're Everything here to help is you. A blur. I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> just don't know. The other day, I didn't know what day it was. I'm glad that it wasn't an important day. Uh, I, I wake up and I think it's Saturday. Turns out it's Wednesday. You know, I just have, have no idea what's going on at the moment. In, in the oh, world, we live virtually <clears throat> and vicariously at the moment. Okay. Uh, Apparently, you can find yes. it on uh, Canopy and yes. on Amazon Prime Video. There we go. I there thought go. it was Canopy. I like Canopy. I, mm. I try to not just mm. stay with all the, the latest modern mm. stuff on the stand and the Netflix. So Canopy's great. It's free. You just need your library card. We've mentioned it before. And you get six things you can watch a month, which is really enough for anybody, really. Last time we uh, chatted, Andrew, or yes. recently we chatted, and yep. uh, you mentioned... Uh... Oh, don't, don't, you're not going to ask me to remember something, are you? <laughs> The Naked Kiss. You mentioned The Naked, the naked Kiss. kiss. The Naked Kiss. kiss. Yeah. That's right. Yes. That was great. I loved that. Which was on Canopy. Yep. And I went and found it. And I watched, watched it. it. I what did you think? I thought it was... Look, I thought it was a really, really interesting film. I thought there was a lot to admire in it. And mm -hmm. I thought... The... Do you like the first scene? Uh, the first scene is fantastic. <laughs> the first scene is fantastic. Oh, my God. Oh, my have God. Have you ever seen anything like that in your life? I don't think not. I have. I, I have think not. I have. Go and describe it for people who have... Who have no, 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 I won't. You no, won't? no, no. Okay. All no, right. no, no. It's much better. If you're going to watch this film, then you're going to enjoy the surprise. You don't want... Want, want me to tell you what happens. Yeah, and I'm not going to say anything much about the plot other than to say that uh, Constance Towers, as Kelly, the mm. um, the former prostitute trying to go straight, is yep. just... I mean, it's 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 a great character, um, but, but it is kind of like a schlocky melodrama in some... Well, in many ways. It's kind of... It's a little bit noirish, mm. a little bit schlocky, a little bit melodramatic... It and is. Some of the acting, it is some yes. of the actings, as, mm. as mm. a certain person might say, mm. are a rather dated. Let's say in in oh, yeah. very mannered, very. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it was made in nineteen sixty four, right? And, yeah. and 
And you're saying ways, it was old-fashioned for no, 1964. No, well, yeah, I am. For 1964, it feels mm. old-fashioned. Yeah, it does. Mm. I yeah. mean, by 1964, you were starting to get much more naturalistic sort of mm. performance. But it feels like a film from the 50s, for It, it sure. does, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's got the and vibe a B of a film, B a cheap film, film yeah, from the 50s, yeah. yeah. But I think it's kind of fantastic. I think, it, I mean, for all of the things that I would say are like its drawbacks, I would just go right past them and say it's a really amazing piece of work. <laughs> Well, some of the themes, without without yep. uh, traversing them, but there are some themes and ideas that are well in advance of anything that was happening anywhere that I'm aware of in, in the English-speaking world in terms of television and entertainment. And let me just say, as a side uh, comparison, in the 1970s, Robert Wyatt, British uh, jazz drummer and singer, uh, who had fallen and and this is become Robert Wyatt. Yeah, yeah, and become a paraplegic had a uh, unexpected hit song and the director of Top of the Pops which is where you go when you have a hit song in England to perform it uh, to mime it said that he couldn't appear in his wheelchair wow. in front of the cameras because he was a paraplegic he had a wheelchair and mm. uh, he had to sit in a normal chair because it was a family show we yeah, can't right. have men in wheelchairs and he refused and they relented and he sat in his wheelchair, sang the song and the next issue of NME or Melody Maker had him and all his band all in wheelchairs on the front cover. But even in the 1970s, mm. the idea of that being something visible and acknowledged was considered uh, bad taste. And so this film, you know, from the 60s gets into some issues that would have made people wretch in terms of how dare you put that on the screen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anyway. Yes. So I'm glad you watched it. Glad you yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. So thanks for the tip. No thanks worries. Thanks for the tip, mate. You have seen Shot Corridor, did you say? I have not. I have not seen oh, Shot Corridor. Well, That'll be next on the she list. Is, she is also in, yeah. Constance Howe is also in Shot Corridor. Yeah. Similar um, ideas. So I, think you'll, I think you will find um, some similarities between the two, especially in the mannered style of yeah. acting and the melodrama. But, I mean, we can still enjoy Douglas Sirk films, and they are even more melodramatic and over the top than, um, than that one. Mm. Indeed. Andrew. Yes. Melbourne International Film Festival is on. It is. Have you gone to it? N you know, I, I tried. I have to say I tried. <laughs> it's, it's like right. a... Let, let, me just, let me just frame yeah. this for the, mm. for the listeners who yeah. are not aware, <laughs> all right? <laughs> Melbourne is in a COVID lockdown, so you cannot leave your house. Mm -hmm. Melbourne International Film Festival... However, is an online-only event this year, so mm -hmm. you can go there. You can go to it. You can participate, unless you're mm -hmm. Andrew. Mm -hmm. Tell us more, Andrew. Okay, so I don't want to, you know, times winged chariot and so on. <laughs> when I first started, I get emails from them when I first started being teased uh, uh, mercilessly by by them about the program about. The, the film festival's coming up. I go to the website and I did this multiple times to try and find out how much it cost. And I wasted too much time going through every single page trying to find out what is the cost of going to the film festival. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Then I thought I'd try another tack, as we say on the sea. What are the films? that are going to be nothing, 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 till the grand reveal of like a Channel 7 <laughs> cooking show or something. Uh, they release and reveal the program, and now here's the program. And it was still very difficult to find out. Eventually, I, I'm such a sucker, eventually I gave more of my time to this website and found out that you can 
get blocks of 10 films that they select for you, yeah. mind you. Yeah, that's, ten that's block, interesting. Ten it's not like the usual mini-pass, is it? Yeah, I think it's $115, which some people would say is a very reasonable price, for yep. 10 films that have been selected for you in the uh, the documentary category or the mm. drama category or the... Um, Cinephile category. Yes, yes. And frankly, Mr. Shankly, no thank you. <laughs> okay? I have the 21st century breathing down my neck and I don't need any of this nonsense. Right, right. What well, do you say, Carl? Well, okay, there you go. That's, you that's... have your media pass, so you don't have to worry like like the regular terrestrial. Well, this is true. This is this and... is true, and and thank God for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, look, it, it is is it is it is a purely streamed festival this year. Um, there are around about seventy features and documentaries, forty odd short films. Um, there are a bunch of talks. There are you know there are many things going on there are some free films um mm-hmm. so you can you can watch some stuff for free mostly it seems individual films are priced at either 14 or 20 dollars to stream mm-hmm. that was um, about a, was that about as much as it would cost yeah, yeah it, if yeah. you wanted to go and buy a ticket and sit in the, yeah. the cinema you'd be about that wouldn't yeah. it yeah so i've had to build a, a, a digital platform that allows them to stream to multiple users simultaneously right um, okay. Yeah. Sure. I mean, like last night was the opening night, um, as we record this, um, and the film was First Cow, Kelly Reichert's film, and Ooh, I like her. It was it was a beautiful, beautiful piece of work. Very slow, very yep. very gentle period drama set in eighteen twenties Oregon, and uh, about these two um, two guys who mm. basically start a business together effectively okay. they well they become friends and then they just start they start this business making so it's about men making hotcakes um using uh milk that they've stolen from the only cow in the territory which is owned oh, by the governor hilarious. of the territory it's that a wonderful hilarious. little yeah. s- story it's a, it's kind of like a micro narrative right it's mm-hmm. a really tiny tale but it's so beautifully told mm. so beautifully told uh, Wendy and Lucy, Mick's cut off. The other films of hers I've seen have all featured female protagonists. Well, the first of her films I saw was Old Joy, and that was male protagonists. Okay, I yeah. haven't But Mick's cut off, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and Certain Women is uh, probably mm-hmm. her best known, although I haven't seen a Certain uh, a certain Women yet. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, when you see it, you'll be really, really happy about <clears throat> it. I, I, you know, I watched the film last night. It was available for a five-hour window from seven till midnight. <laughs> Then, That's it, interesting, yeah. then it disappears. Uh-huh, uh, they yeah. ne- it, it, there was a cap on how many people could watch it, mm-hmm. um, because presumably so many people were watching, you know, at the same time. I don't know whether whether this is my internet connection or whether it's to do with that sort of like the low the strain on the on the you know the the server that mm. it was a little bit laggy at times. Oh, that's a shame. Not terribly, not terribly mm-hmm. so, but you know, mm-hmm. I will. I will report back complain. after uh, after further experiment, experiments. Yeah, do do um, and, and and you know it it would it would be it'd be an interesting thing to find a little more about rather than us make the presumptions on the the various costs associated with making it digitally available. And no, so I, I know there are costs. I know there are considerable costs involved in building a platform from scratch, which is what they've had to do. Mm. Um, or they've they've. They should have partnered up with Netflix or Stan. They're very good at at delivering content Uh, in in an efficient way. I wonder why they didn't do that. I 
because it's a different platform. Um, mm, okay. And there's a lot of negotiation involved in getting the rights to do this. So yes, the the my understanding is that the number of viewers they could have for First Cow mm-hmm. is different to the number they can have for say the closing night film Pablo Loran's uh, Emma, which mm. apparently more people can watch that one than could watch First Cow. So you've got these events that are selling out, which is Mm. for people who are not used to the idea of this kind of limited rights access streaming kind of experience is kind of doing their heads in a little bit. Like, how can a streaming thing be sold out? Get that. Get that. So it is a... It manufactured is a, it, scarcity. Uh, well, it's not manufactured. It, it's it's controlled. I mean, it is it is um, you know it is it is it is directed or controlled scarcity. So basically, mm. the distributors or the rights holders don't want everybody who might possibly see this want to see this film to be able to see it in this environment because it's not necessarily the best way for them to maximise their investment. So they want to retain the potential to have a cinema season or have a more traditional kind of release at some point down the track. So. Yeah, that that's I mean that's what happens at the f- film festival when it's a real life yeah. terrestrial thing is Indeed. that they they have it on and then you might be lucky and see it in 6 months time or sooner or it might may never come out. Indeed. Which is, in some cases it never does really. Yeah, it often doesn't. Of the of the 100 or, or more films that you could organize to see in a film festival, only a few are going to actually make it onto the under the cinema screen in in previous times who knows what's happening in the future yeah not i that's it for the clappers thank you for listening